Honored to finally meet you. Yeah, likewise. Very good to be happy to be on. Uh, appreciate you guys uh, staying on uh, with all the technical difficulties. Can you please uh, tell our listeners what is your background and uh, what got you into crypto? Yeah, I guess uh, I, you guys, I'm, I'm Calvin, uh, previously X Finance uh, Research, uh, helped kind of build up um, a lot of the uh, kind of launchpad pipeline, finding some of the projects over there, such as Matic and Axie Infinity. Um, how I got into crypto, I guess, is uh, uh, I was really interested in kind of smart contracts and how we could create a lot of really interesting decentralized kind of payment structures when I was in university and was lucky enough to join Binance right out of undergrad. Um, today, I'm working on Impossible Finance, a decentralized incubator launchpad and swap. Uh, I've been now building this with our, the rest of our team for almost the entirety of uh, 2021. And I'm super excited to see kind of what's next in store for us uh, in the DeFi space. There is uh, this story in your Twitter uh, where your boss found your resume in a recycle bin. Uh, do you think uh, you would get it into crypto if uh, it, will, it, it will be otherwise? Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely was asking around at lots of different places for roles. Uh, I think I just got lucky, though, uh, with Binance for sure. Okay. My next question is, uh, can you please describe uh, your current product uh, at a high level for our listeners? What is it? What it does? Uh, who uses it and uh, why? Sure. Uh, so Impossible is a decentralized incubator launchpad and swap, like I said before. Um, maybe a lot of folks have used the launchpad. Uh, and so for those who aren't so familiar, launchpads are uh, decentralized uh, 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 platforms on which users can actually uh, participate in the initial offering of tokens. Um, and so we're super excited to have now completed, I believe, 11 projects so far via our Impossible Launchpad. Um, some of them have been in various use cases, whether it's bridging uh, DeFi infrastructure to obviously what's hot today of GameFi and metaverses. And we're really excited to and see what's next in store for the rest of the market. Uh, can you please tell us more what uh, Launchpad is, uh, how people can participate in initial offerings? Uh, they can just invest money or they can invest their uh, skills uh, and, and other things. Yeah, so users essentially are able to stake the impossible token of IDIA or IDEA to be able to earn allocation within the Launchpads. But they can also do things such as follow people's Twitter or participate in project teams kind of discussion in their social communities to be able to have a chance to earn additional allocations in say. Uh, how did you validate it or evaluate the idea of uh, Launchpad and uh, Impossible Finance at all? Uh, I'd say that in general, uh, we are really interested in the launch experience coming uh, out of finance. And I think that we saw a lot of really strong projects like Matic and Axie Infinity kind of be launched. And so as a model that we've already kind of seen work, but that we want to see it done in a more Web3 native kind of manner. And so that was something that we were definitely very interested in uh, trying to uh, uh, see how much of it could be kind of captured as well uh, within a purely DeFi uh, kind of environment. 
And uh, what kind of expertise uh, is needed uh, to work in this area? Mm, I don't think it's necessary uh, a prerequisite for certain expertises, but rather just the willingness to continue learning and absorbing what's happening within crypto. You know, obviously things are happening uh, a million hours, a million miles per hour. Um, and there's so many posts on Twitter and everything to keep up with. So uh, I think it's more just paying the attention and giving the effort to be a real student of the space. Thank you. And uh, what went into building the product? How long did it took from start to release on mainnet? Mm, so we started, I believe, late February or early March. Uh, we were able to go on mainnet back in mid-August. Um, so it was about six months, a little under six months for us to go from start to to uh, a live product. And uh, how big is your team working on that project? Yeah, our team's actually grown now to almost, uh, I believe it's 20, uh, 25 to 30 people nowadays. So uh, it's been quite the journey to kind of go from just a handful of us to, to really scale up. Crypto space uh, is evolving uh, in a matter of months. How is it uh, writing your product in ever-evolving um, space? If anything, I think that the more the space evolves, the more people need launch pads to keep up with them. Um, launch pads, I think, are a very nice, well-rounded tool to help project teams you know, launch their projects and explain what they do to the, the mass market and as well you know, to allow more users to have that opportunity to invest in what's new and what's happening within the crypto space. Um, that's exactly what I think a launchpad is designed to do well. So, um, you know, I actually think that uh, the more the space innovates more quickly, uh, the better of an opportunity we have as launchpad. How do you make decisions uh, regarding your features and scaling? What uh, is your I, framework for decisions? Um, to be honest, I don't think we really have a strict framework. Uh, in general, we think a lot about just what can we do that helps crypto? Because if it helps crypto, it probably has value. Um, I'd say that's probably the, the guiding principle that we really have and everything else kind of comes after that. How did you handle security of your product? How safe is it? What uh, precautions uh, are taken? So with regards to security, all of our code uh, has been audited and can be the audits can be found actually on our GitHub. I believe the link is github.com slash impossible slash audits. Uh, we also actually chose to work with multiple auditors just to make sure that we don't have you know, one single point of failure. And that in general, we are pretty uh, working closely with other insurance and bug bounty programs on chain. Um, to try and source as many uh, benevolent white hat hackers and other supporters for our ecosystem. So um, in general, we are pretty, uh, I think, long-term oriented in trying to make sure that our code and, and everything is kind of safe for users and that users are protected during the process of working uh, and using our products. Um, so for us, we uh, you know take security very uh, uh, sincerely and that it's something that you know I think we were maybe fortunate in that uh, when we first did our very very first launch of a swap back in maybe April or May uh, uh, maybe it was June I remember we got hit with one flash loan attack but we're fortunate to be able to react quickly enough not to 
uh, have any funds be be lost to users, and we covered any other uh, small costs that were incurred during that process. Um, and so seeing that kind of process up front uh, uh, and, and realizing the magnitude of uh, the risk of running a smart contract oriented business within crypto was something that uh, you know we we took that lesson to heart and made sure that you know moving forward everything that we do has been you know much more carefully reviewed and that we aren't necessarily purely reliant on external audits but also working on much more internal testing to make sure that things uh, are as safe as they can be. And uh, when a company launches uh, at a launchpad, uh, do you help them uh, register legally? Sure. Um, I'd say that crypto uh, structuring kind of depends on where product like products are based and what they kind of focus on. Um, I don't think there's like a set structure per se. Uh, we do have some in-house legal support and other uh, advisory uh, features that we do give to other project teams, but it's not something that is uh, set in stone for every single project that we do. So I would say that it kind of comes on a case-by-case basis and that Impossible works closely with every project um, to make sure that we have as much support as we can for all of our projects. Fine, thank you. And uh, can you please uh, tell us about people and uh, products that help you out on the way? Maybe describe your technological stack. Uh, sure. Uh, I guess on our front end, we use mainly React. And on the smart contract side, we're mostly writing in Solidity. But I don't think that actually the scope of just our product and our website is, is really uh, the most important, most interesting part. I think it's all the infrastructure and, and plays that other folks provide, whether it's you know data and analytics from you guys at DexGuru and other platforms as well. Um, you know, a lot of users consume information about Impossible on other platforms, and we're really grateful that everything's so open source and transparent, um, such that other teams and other products can actually integrate and, and grab information from our smart contracts. So, uh, yeah, I, I think. Um, you know, the, the name of the game within Web3 is composability and being able to work alongside teams like you guys is definitely a blessing. Uh, you are prefer not be named uh, as a founder, but uh, as a core builder. Can you elaborate more on, uh, on other builders in your team or maybe even outside your team at Impossible Finance? Yeah, so I guess um, for us, we, we don't like like CEO or these types of C-suite within crypto, I think it means a lot more when you're building alongside everyone and that everyone is just kind of a part of uh, you know, a DAO or whatever it might be, um, that it's a lot more of an open organization to really give everyone a chance to contribute. Um, so yeah, I think uh, a lot of the rest of our team is actually from a lot of different countries as well as a lot of different backgrounds. I believe we have 10 or 11 uh, passports uh, represented when within our, our team um, and something that we're very proud to have such a wide reach uh, to find some of the best projects and work with some of the best people across the entire world. How do you choose people uh, for a project? Sure. Uh, I think it kind of depends on, on, on everything across the board. Uh, it's not like any specific criteria, but rather a, a comprehensive kind of structure in which we 
evaluate project teams across all of their aspects, whether it be tech, marketing, PD ops, um, you know, idea, token valuation, tokenomics, uh, and a lot of these things we can help with the project. Uh, but the core pieces that obviously we can only help so much are, are on the tech side and on the team side. So uh, a strong team, uh, well-rounded with good uh, technology um, is usually going to be a really good fit for our launch pad because we can help handle a lot of the rest. You said uh, in your Twitch storm uh, that when you find Elrond and Polygon, uh, takeaway was bet with conviction. What makes you convicted? When the founder sleeps later than I do. <laughs> um, and oftentimes, I think a lot of it is that teammates and, and people really make the, these project teams their baby and that they will stop at nothing to make sure that they protect it, support it, and do whatever they can to let it grow. Um, and I think that really, I, I think a lot of things can be attributed to effort and, and care. There are a lot of people that do things, and sometimes you feel like you don't know if they care more than you do. Um, and I think that's the most important thing, that you have to find those folks that, that uh, take the project and are proud to wear the T-shirt every day to be able to showcase, hey, this is uh, my my product, right? Um, so I think a lot of it is still very team and, and project focused because a team that's committed to always getting things done will always, you know, be able to find the right ways to use their technology to solve problems, not just uh, be taking advantage of existing resource advantages or other benefits. And I think that's something that's really important that uh, gives project teams that flexibility to survive in any market conditions. What are common difficulties in onboarding uh, new projects on your launchpad? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I actually don't think there's that many difficult questions. Most things are actually pretty, I'd say, uh, uh, flexible and open-minded. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm in general pretty happy uh, with the progress and the experiences of onboarding projects so far. Is there any technical limitations uh, when you acquire new projects for your launchpad? Mm, nothing set in stone. Um, right now for us, we're mainly focused on the Ethereum world uh, or EVM compatible world. So we are currently on BSC, but we'll be working on uh, Avalanche and Moonbeam uh, deployments soon. Um, and then the other thing is that we have a lot of experience, I think, on helping project teams go uh, launch multi-chain. And so we'd actually say that's a benefit, not not a, a trouble uh, for us to actually help project teams uh, uh, reach as many different audiences as possible. Excellent. Uh, can you please elaborate uh, what's your business model? Sure. So we uh, incubate and support projects. So we act often as advisors or early investors in some of the projects that we launch. We don't actually charge any fees specifically for the launchpad um, because we think that kind of creates some you know, negative incentives for short-term things. We'd rather work more long-term with all project teams uh, and be able to plan more um, you know, with future uh, kind of upside and working alongside, alongside these project teams for the long run. Uh, how do you play in uh, to make money in the future? Is it uh, stake in the project or something else? 
Yeah, so so we do earn some upside from the portfolio teams, but the main business model for the token holders is that uh, by having the IDIA token, you get access into the project team. So we bring in to the Launchpad pipeline. So obviously, if we don't bring in good project teams, then the value of our token is not very high. Uh, and vice versa, if we bring in very good projects, then um, you know the token, our token, uh, is the access ticket to be able to get so many more investment opportunities. So that's uh, the core of the business model. So you're basically trying to achieve a network effect, uh, acquiring more and more excellent teams. Am I right? Yeah, I guess that's a decent way to put it. Uh, do you have any competitors in the space? Mm. So I don't think anyone's a direct competitor. I think a lot of people are actually similar products, but we do think that we're a bit unique in the way that we structure things with project teams and the way that we work with teams after launch as well is something that we're very proud of, of supporting our projects long-term. Um, but that, you know, there are a lot of other teams that we've actually done co-launches alongside. So a lot of people might think of other launch pads as direct competitors, whereas we see each uh, kind of launch pad having some of their own strengths and that uh, oftentimes a product team might actually need the strengths of multiple platforms in order to reach the audiences that they want. So um, I guess the, the kind of short answer is probably uh, no direct competitors. I think it's a little bit philosophical question about competition in uh, crypto uh, because uh, almost uh, every project is open source and uh, you can just fork the project and uh, go on. Uh, what do you think about it? This yeah. elimination of uh, competition. Can you elaborate, please, on this? Yeah, I think... Um... I, I really do think that that's the beauty of crypto, that people can build together rather than just try to compete. Um, that some of the best ideas have actually come from project teams working together rather than working alone. Um, so I think you're, you're exactly right. That, you know, the more uh, people work closely together, the more um, new opportunities there are. Uh, what do you think about uh, future, you know, social dynamics in uh, these uh, non-zero-sum games? Because uh, it's a concept uh, pretty fresh for, for for almost everyone. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of crypto, right? Um, that we are able to find these non-zero-sum games. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just really happy that that's the way that crypto kind of operates so that then we can do, um, you know, so many more of these types of things, uh, you know, as a, uh, a greater community rather than individual teams. What are your goals for the future regarding uh, product? Good question. Um, I'd say we definitely want to uh, uh, continue trying to scale to more, more users and, uh, you know, offer our launchpad on more chains. So those are the core technical uh, focuses that we've been working on over the last few uh, uh, months. Thank you. And uh, what about your personal goals? Uh, my personal goals, uh, good question. Uh, I, I really don't think I have any personal goals, to be honest. I think uh, 
most of my time is just kind of focused on impossible. So anything that I can do to make impossible better, uh, I guess, uh, I guess this is a dumb answer, but my answer is uh, I want to see impossible be the best version of impossible. So you actually implement uh, this, uh, you consider impossible as a child and yes. treat it respectfully. <laughs> yes. Put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> uh, what are your future thoughts for the DeFi market? Um, I think the total TVL of, of DeFi will just continue to grow. Uh, I think it's still something that is much, much more underestimated by the entire kind of world. And I think that anything that we can do to really grow uh, the ecosystem together is worthwhile because we'll all you know, be able to capture more value from it. So we're all going to make it. Wag me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, success, uh, you know, is a strange thing. When you think of the word successful in crypto or decentralized finance, who's the first person who comes to your mind and why? Uh, someone successful from, from crypto. Yeah. Because uh, everyone defines success uh, in their own way. What's success for you? Who's successful in crypto for you? Good question. Um, I think uh, I would say Xerox Maki from, uh, of X Sushi is somebody that I have a lot of respect for because as someone that didn't necessarily create the product, but was just somebody that was super early on into an ecosystem, lent his effort and built his way up into having a very influential uh, part of, uh, you know, a core product within DeFi. Um, that people always, like, when you think of one name, you think of him for Sushi. Um, and that's something that uh, I, I would define that as a success. When, when it's something that... You, it wasn't even what you created, but how much you put in effort and creative value out of, uh, uh, you know, not being the original core uh, creator is something that's actually very, very difficult. Uh, you know, it's easy for me to have my name be associated with Impossible or, you know, maybe Stani from Ave or Nick from, you know, DexGuru slash DeFi Prime, right? Um, because we were the ones that, that, that created it at first, but that, and to have someone kind of climb from just being a community member all the way up to being synonymous as that leader, that's something that I think is very rare and not easy to, to find. Thank you for kind words for Nick. Regarding that, Sushi obviously have some governance problem uh, at the last days. Not uh, touching Sushi at all, uh, but uh, considering governance. Uh, what do you think uh, is good practices and bad practices for governing a decentralized organization or any other crypto organization at all? Good question. I think it's always a trade-off between centralized and decentralized and that um, ultimately... I think transparency is actually the most important thing. What what I think a lot of people are complaining about with the sushi situation and with other platforms is that there's not every not everyone's on the same page or accessing the same information, and I think that causes a lot of fights and frustration. Um, so I think that's something that I you know uh, think that every team needs to make sure that they're doing a good job of, because the less information you give to everyone, the more everyone's upset. 
What is what is something you believe that other people think is insane? If we'll flip BTC uh, in two years, within the next two years. So you think uh, flipping in uh, will be real in next two years? Yep. And, and the way I argue this with every Bitcoin maxi is that if you'd like to make a prediction market on this, uh, you can't do it on BTC. You could only make this prediction market on Ethereum. Good point. Uh, let's make it a little uh, bit more personal. Tell us about your morning. What's your morning rituals? What do you do the first 60 minutes of your day? Uh, check Telegram, answer questions from our team, and then also read a bit of Twitter and get up to date with what's happening in the overall market and maybe also read maybe a project or two a day, uh, maybe their white papers or decks, just to get a little bit of a sense of what's going on in the space. No practices like in uh, in the valley, like uh, morning yoga, meditation, and, and all of this, just straight to the work. Yeah, I think uh, Telegram gives me the, the quickest uh, uh, caffeine uh, to, to, to my body, just... Seeing more of what's happening within the space is always something that excites me. And I think, um, yeah, I, I'm just really happy and, and lucky to be, I think, a part of, uh, uh, you know, all of, all of this that's happening within DeFi. Is there any obsessions uh, which you explore on the evenings or weekends? Uh, I'm a big sports fan. Um, so I watch a lot of sports, play a lot of sports and play a lot of uh, video games related to sports. So I'd say that's definitely my comfort. And what's your favorite sport? Uh, I'd say it used to be basketball. Um, nowadays, I think I'm playing a lot of racing or, or, or Formula One type games. Uh, but also, I, I really have started to really respect esports after seeing this game fly kind of grow. Um, so I'm playing a lot more various games online as well nowadays. And what's your favorite esport? Mm, good question. Uh, it might sound dumb, but I really actually like playing Axie, and I think I'm actually okay at playing Axie. So is there any competitive uh, Axie playing with, uh, you know, Twitch and everything? Uh, I'm not, yet. not not familiar with, with, the, with the space. Not, not yet, but I wish, I, I think we'll have it soon. I'm, I won't be surprised when there is one. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. What topic would you speak about if you were asked to give a TED talk on something outside of your main area of expertise? To be honest, I probably wouldn't, uh, uh, I probably wouldn't talk about anything outside of crypto. I think crypto is the highest expected value thing that anyone can spend an hour to learn about. Um, so I'd probably just spend that hour to talk to people uh, for their TED Talks. What is the best or most worthwhile investment you've made? I guess I think the, the investment that I probably made the best financial returns on was probably um, Ethereum uh, in the long run. Um, and then because of Ethereum, maybe NFTs like CryptoPunks. Um, but at the same time, I'd say the most important investment I made was in myself um, and spending the time to try and uh, allow myself to learn and absorb as much as I can within crypto. Um, I, I know it's a silly answer, but I do think that the, the asset that you're short on or, or have the limit, most limited capacity is time. And I think everyone is selling their time 
add too little of a limit order, um, whether it's to their existing companies or existing uh, uh, bosses, you know, whatever it might be. Um, the most important asset that you can stake is your time. Um, and I think that would be the, the important thing that I would want everyone to, to spend time, spend their time as wisely as they can. I think it's excellent point. Uh, let's split this question uh, in two halves. Uh, it was about investment of money, uh, but what about investment, uh, you know, like buying some things uh, that can uh, change your lifestyle for the good, for real little money, like a weighted blanket or something. Uh, I should actually get one of those. Uh, get a good pillow. I think a pillow is very important. Oh, yeah. Crypto never sleeps, and when you sleep, you have to sleep good. <laughs> yes, exactly. Regarding previous question, how did you decide to make uh, the investments? Is that something uh, more that gut feeling? No, we do have like a, a strict kind of structure. But I would say that um, there is a lot of also feel and mixture of, of, of direction in doing a smart Uh, investments over the long run. And um, yeah, I, I think it's a mixture of structure and case-by-case uh, uh, -case basis. Thank you. If you could have one gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say? Buy ETH. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, where do you want to place it? Where, where do I want to place The, in, front, the in front of the Federal Reserve or, or somewhere else? I would want to place it on the homepage of Google.com. I think wow. Google.com has more eyeballs than, than any uh, marketing stunt that we could do in front of a physical place. I think it's actually the solution. What advice would you give to your 5-10 years younger self? Do everything you have with as much more confidence as you can. Uh, I don't really think I have too many regrets. Uh, I spent almost three years at Binance and now close to one year at Impossible. So that's four out of the five. And I'm honestly really happy that I did everything that I did. So you're basically like Jeff Bezos, who doesn't have regrets for anything because yeah. you always make decisions uh, to not regret anything. Yeah. To be honest, I don't see, uh, I don't see any value in, in regret. A regret is the only thing that you can spend your time on with, with no return. Um, so whatever you can do to, to try and avoid it, I think is, is valuable. Uh, do you have any ask or request for our audience? Mm, I guess uh, I'd be remiss to not mention uh, Impossible one more time and encourage people to, uh, if they haven't, to try out our product at impossible.finance. Uh, my messages are always open. Feel free to at me or message me if you have any product feedback or any thoughts on what we can do to be a better support for product teams or for you as a user or investor within DeFi. So yeah, um, I, I really appreciate all the questions that you guys have uh, kind of prepared for me as well. Um, and I'm always looking forward to uh, seeing all the new kind of products and, and rollouts of things that you guys have been doing for DexGuru. So I'm really honored to meet you. And uh, if you have any last parting words, stage is yours. Yeah, really appreciate the time. Thanks, everyone, for, for coming to listen. And uh, as always, uh, stay, stay, stay wag me and continue to 
uh, do cool stuff in DeFi and crypto. Thanks, everyone. Thank you very much, Calvin. We are all going to make it. Have a nice day. Cheers. Bye-bye.